stepped into the alley with a single shot for ten. The road goes on and the party never ends. All right, little Robert Earl Keen kicking things off for us on episode 34 of Campfire Conversations. I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for dropping by today. Big stuff as we've got SCI's Ben Cassidy. VP of, uh, what is, well, Ben is, he does so much over there now, but technically I guess he is the VP of Government Affairs, also hosts their new podcast, Uh, but yes, he is here checking in from Capitol Hill. Uh, We've got convention stuff, trophy ban import stuff to get into, among other things. So without further ado, Ben, always a pleasure, my friend. Great to be back. Thanks for having me. I know it's been a little while, too long. Yeah, well, it's my pleasure, and uh, I, I guess first of all, well, I mean, you've got a lot of stuff on your plate, and you're hosting SCI's podcast now. How's that going? Yeah, it's going great. Um, we're having a lot of fun. You know, I'm trying to just learn from the experts. What would uh-huh. Cable do? That's what I ask myself. <laughs> right. Um, we've got to have you on the show. I want to flip the script. I want to. I want to grill you and ask all the questions. Yeah, yeah. Have some more famous people on. Just you know, we can get to me eventually. Uh, I thought a, we were still working through the farm system before we get to you. <laughs> <okay>. You know, <laughs> yeah, seriously, right. no, uh, it's uh, been it's been awesome. Uh, you know the whole the whole drill, like having the, the conversations and what you actually end up learning. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just in the ultimate listener seat, right? It's every it's cool. every day, yeah. It uh, there's no there's no shortage of of information to consume, and every conversation you know brings up something that I hadn't previously thought about. Um, so yes, it is a, a great space for, um, new ideas or techniques, you know, there's a lot of it too. Like this guy, this kid that's like 23 years old, he moved from, uh, Kentucky to Texas in December to start guiding on a lake. He'd never fished before. And he's since caught three 14 plus pound largemouth bass, two of them on the same day, which is the only angler in Texas history that I know of that is, we call them share lunkers if they're over 13 pounds. Yeah. Texas Parks and Wildlife will come pick up the fish, take it to, to a hatchery, and try to get to spawn there so that we can restock our, our lakes with those genetics. And this yep. kid's ripped off three of them. So anyway, I booked a trip with him. I'm yeah. going in March. <laughs> I'm sold. Give me the yeah. phone number. I love it. Yeah. Um, Where's the lake? Or like uh, in the general? It's like uh, West Texas. It's like um, Midland, Odessa. It's OHIV. I've never fished there. Cool. But it's like it is the lake du jour as far as producing monster fish here in texas and it did the same thing last year it's you know it's kicked out share lunkers throughout its history but like one or two a season but last year it like you know, i don't know if it was like double digits or what but it was just it's a monster right now so that's awesome yeah share lunkers yeah yeah um so t-minus a couple weeks until the convention we're inside of it now, baby. It's yeah. here. Um, yeah, two weeks from from yesterday. Yeah, um, I uh, every everyone I've talked to is super excited about the move from Vegas to Nashville. Are you included in that? I am. <laughs> I, well, yeah. I mean, I well. So last and I had year, nothing against Vegas. Right. I, I went to Vegas to... and I had a, a hell of a good time. My wife came. We went to a you know saw a show. We did a little playing a little poker and slots, and oh, we had a great time. But I think that people were like it was getting stale for a lot of people um yeah. but i hadn't been to vegas since probably the last time i was there it was like a bachelor party in my 20s so right 
I was like, woohoo, party, you know. <laughs> plus, plus see all your old friends and make new ones at the at the show and book hunts and go to dinner and everything. I mean, I, I loved it. But yep. I think that it's a you know, it's a tourist attraction where Nashville, we can have, I mean, anyone within six, eight hours of there that's into hunting conservation, they're gonna come. Yep. We're gonna drive there. People aren't really driving to Las Vegas. No, I mean, I think we've talked about it before. It's like you look at it like a day's drive to Vegas, like licensed hunters that can get there in a day at 70,000, whereas mm-hmm. Nashville is 7.2 million that can get right. there in a day's drive. It's just a different ball game in that regard. Uh-huh. I just think there's going to be a lot of interest. I've had, you know, we, we have billboards go up around Nashville and I've had friends, you know, on the highway, like sending me photos from their phones, uh-huh. like, you know, be safe. Like, I appreciate you, your enthusiasm yeah. and showing me what it looks like. I know, already know what it looks like, you know, right. we, we, we put it up, um, but thank you, you know, so it'll be interesting just to see, you know, how many people pick up on it and, and get that curiosity. Like what, the, what's this about, you know, We're really mm-hmm. just advertising, you know, you know, find your next, find your next adventure, you know, cause that's yeah. really what you're going to find on that floor. Like you said, you know, those hunts you book or hunts of a lifetime and you know, you know, you don't know what you're going to come out of there with. Right. And like, I, I mean, I have a goal. I, I have a right. goal, but As you, should. you gotta have a list, right. You gotta go in yeah. prepared. Yeah. A mountain mountain goats really, it started to push its way up on my, on my from list. Where but, though. Right. That's yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Where where will I go? Who will I go with? That's where you. That's what you find out at the show. Totally. Yeah. All the um, details come together. But yeah, n- needless to say, we're excited. The city we've of sold like excited. five times the amount of tickets pre-sale uh, admission passes. It's going to yeah. be huge. Just the energy across the board. I mean, you know, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday night banquets are all sold out. Um, we've got all of our like lunches selling out. We still have some tickets left for for Wednesday night. Um, which I'm shocked by. I mean, you're in Texas. I grew up in Texas in the nineties. We've got the frontman playing, you know, it's just a super group with like restless heart, Lone Star, little Texas. It's basically, you know, 30 of the biggest hits from the nineties when mm-hmm. the country kind of began and ended for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that's my, well, I, I like the old outlaw stuff, but that's really, you know, what I've considered country. Um, and those are, those are the guys playing Wednesday night. Um, so I'm jacked about that and there's still tickets on that, but everything else, you know, gone. Whereas that's, that was before the days out. where we had to get up on our big green tractor and shake it for the, whatever it is. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what happened? Uh, dude, I don't even know. I can't, <laughs> I just can't. Uh, and that's why you will never hear that music on this show. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, you know, I've never been to Nashville as an adult. I think I went there for a soccer tournament when I was a kid. Um, so I'm excited to see something new. Uh, and I mean, historically like Nashville is just, I, no one ever says a bad thing about Nashville. So, nope. Uh, yeah, the first time I'd ever gone was the NRA had their convention there in 2015. I think to this day that's the best convention the NRA's ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I, I for selfish reasons, I'm very excited to go back. Yeah, because they do it right. Right. Um, okay. So some of the other highlights. Uh, I think Leonard Skinner's playing, but you said just said that one sold out. So. Yep. Um, well, the part of Leonard Skinner that didn't die in the plane crash is playing. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, the, the, so like the evening night, the those those nights are sold out, but obviously the floor still open for business there. You know, come mm-hmm. during the day, maybe you bump into the you know folks from Skinner or other you know Trump Junior. Yeah, there's a lot of cool people. Can't really share the names right now, but 
that are saying they're coming that we haven't seen before. That last year I I got to uh, talk to Tucker Carlson for a minute. Yep, that was cool. Very nice guy. You know, yeah. You never know how someone that famous is going to be when you. And I don't get starstruck just from this job. I really don't. But I was like, oh, Tucker. Yeah, I'd like. Yeah, right. I'd like a picture with Tucker Carlson. (laughs) You know, Uh, he has that effect. He was walking around with a fly rod that he had. Some I I doubt he bought it. Someone probably gave it to him. But uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you never know who you'll run into, but, uh, it's coming up February 22nd through the 25th. And, uh, if people want to buy, uh, passes, then you can just go over to, um, safariclub.org. Everything is right there. Yep. Um, it's going to be awesome. I'm pumped, but shifting gears, we do have to talk about some not as exciting stuff. Sure. Are staring us, you know, in the face as a hunting community, uh, two that are on my mind currently that are a threat to the sustainable use hunting model, which we know is the only model that works. It's got a proven track record. Um, AB 584 and AB 518. I believe both of these are uh, New York bills. Yep. So educate us on what's going on there. It's the same old rigmarole that they've introduced the past couple of sessions, you know, that haven't Mm -hmm. received the governor's signature. Um, Trophy well, band. She's a real peach, so I don't oh, know. What, yeah. Lovely. You know, there's actually a time when she was somebody you could work with. Um, when oh. I was at NRA, she she had a decent grade. Um, but things change when you start answering to Manhattan, not upstate, yeah. you know, really good folks upstate. Some good folks in Manhattan, but harder to find. Right. Um, but yeah, and, um, that classic example of a trophy band bill that just totally ignores, denies, Um, The wildlife managers, what's best for conservation, totally emotion driven. Um, It would it would override, you know, federal authority, which we'll sue on, you know, if it were to to pass. I think the only people that want this bill to pass other than the uh, animal rights folks are our lawyers because it's a very winnable uh, legal case. We've done it before in New Jersey. You know, it's helped with our fight in California when you had the past governor Jerry Brown not sign because he didn't want to get sued um, mm. being a little bit more foolish uh, in New York, but they were going through it again, received its first hearing yesterday, um, got out of markup in the committee. Um, so it's going to be put on the calendar for the, the, the full Senate to vote on. Um, so we're just waiting to see when that happens and just engaging as much as we can. We've seen a lot more engagement too, you know, from the actual affected folks, you know, in Africa, um, with them, you know, writing in. So mm-hmm. really, really trying to make sure that um, the legislators in New York aren't just, you know, passing this without any, being checked, without seeing, you know, the human effect on it. Um, right. Hearing from those folks. That's the crazy thing, right? Is that side of the aisle always claims how they're humanitarians and they're full of compassion and yada, yada, yada. I don't want to hear it because you're, you're basically preventing these people from making any money. Like yep. you're affecting their livelihood. What's going to happen? Well, okay, we can't make a profit off of the wildlife by, you know, responsibly managing it. So we'll just graze the land by wildlife. Yep. You know, they have to make a living. I don't blame them. I'd do the same thing, but yeah, they care about conservation. They care about protecting, you know, our planet and not in this case. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just rot neocolonialism. Yeah. Hundred percent, and so effectively, it will, these bills—I um, mean, they're—they're they're aimed at preventing the importation of 
of legally harvested trophies. Right. Yeah. Into the into the the specific state, so into New York. But as we know, you know, permits for importation are processed through Fish and Wildlife Service, so at the federal level. Mm-hmm. But the, so, they, but they would be blocking entry into a major port there. Yeah, JFK. Yeah. So that would be uh, a major hiccup for us as a hunting community if it was. It would be, like said, again, it would be, a, it would be at complete odds with federal statute. Mm-hmm. And you know it can't a state can't supersede what the feds have on the books, mm-hmm. so it would I don't think we'd see implementation. We would go right to courts, I think with the exact same arguments we had in New Jersey yeah that that's part of the play though is it's more than just yeah New well, York and they know it's how much can they screw it up for for everyone else, every other law abiding citizen outside of their state that uses that as a point of entry. And how much money can we make SCI and their partners spend in court? Yeah, this stuff's not cheap. Just tie you up. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what you know. That's a lot of what they do is raise money, raise donations from people that can't think for themselves. That you know, they prey on the emotions of the weak-minded, and then they use those funds to do exactly this: get stuff tied up in court. Yep, they pour it into the courts. I mean, you look at like a Center for Biological Diversity at their staff, wow. their website, it's all lawyers. Um, yeah. yeah, They have a whole cottage industry off of it. I mean, they sue the federal government. Federal government has no time to resolve it. They settle with them. They give them money. They make bank off of that. Yeah. It's, huh. it's gross abuse of government funds. And and that's the area just- that we're looking to work on with the new Congress now that we have you know, a Republican majority in the House is addressing that sort of, you know, legal abuse that, that we're seeing from the other side. Hmm. Could you hear that snoring in the background? I just threw, I just backhanded through a calculator at my dog to tell <laughs> my hunting dog back there. Does not shut up. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, working here. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's what's going on with those two bills. Uh, I, you seem very optimistic that they're not going to make any headway there. No, I mean, so. d- don't get me wrong. It, it's a problem and we're fighting mm. it, you know, tooth and nail. Uh, it's a, it's a very adversarial legislative body in, in Albany. Obviously there's a reason why these things get legs in these super blue um, politically charged areas. Um, but we have confidence in the law being able to defeat this. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Connecticut had to rewrite their bill so they wouldn't be sued. Yeah. You know, California passed on signing. We've had the governor not sign this, even like Democrat governors not sign this the last two sessions because it's it's a problem. It's yeah. just not it, it, it's it's political points for the folks that are that are that are voting for it and co-sponsoring it that live in liberal enclaves. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that we're seeing is and this is like in most blue states and I'm, I see it on on our uh, Instagram page, SEIs, and then uh, Sportsman's Alliance does a great job as well. And it's a ton of just state-level gun legislation that is they're trying to force down people's throats. And I just saw uh, this week, New Mexico is going to ban assault rifles. And there's no grandfather clause in the, in the bill that I believe they just signed into law. And so by July of 2023, if you haven't turned in your AR or sold it to an FFL dealer, then you are uh, 
Oh, a just, felon. You could be yep. a felon by having possession of the AR that you legally purchased. So I, that seems criminal to me. Like, I don't totally seems like something Canada would do. Right. But yeah, to, to Canada's credit, I don't know if you saw it last week, but, but we as a community, hunting community, forced the liberals to withdraw their amendments mm-hmm. to their gun ban bill. Yeah. Um, that would have expanded it to thousands of more firearms that included a whole load of, you know, just hunting specific shotguns and rifles. Um, it was so un, unenforceable, you know, it, like the implementation of it, too, where you're just criminalizing, you know, citizens from coast to coast in Canada. Um, they weren't able to explain how they were going to do it. So they ended up withdrawing last week, yeah. uh, which is a huge I can't even, you know, say it loud enough, huge win for the hunting community. Um, Because it was on those grounds where where hunters were saying, wait a minute, you said you weren't going to take Grandpa Joe's shotgun. These are your words, Trudeau. Uh, But here you are doing just that. Um, Put the the liberal parties uh, right on the on the back foot, on the defensive. um, And they ended up withdrawing. You know, they thought they were going to be able to sneak that through. They were doing it around our Thanksgiving time and they had a plan to have it done by Christmas. Um, I don't think that they saw, you know, the way the hunting community was going to stand up. And I'm really proud of. SCI members, you know, from our chapters from the West to the East, really lighting up uh, the grassroots there, focusing in on it because uh, it got noticed. You can yeah. see it in their debates. So I did see that headline this week. So, and it was something that I was tracking closely because I think our politicians are emboldened when they see what Canada can do, even though Canada doesn't have the same legislative process and Trudeau was, you know, completely abusing his power. Um, they see that and they're like, well, hey, how much how much are Canadians willing to take? Yep. Can yep. we do that here? Uh, no. So but I don't know, like um, from a federal level. Can and do you expect New Mexico to get sued or is this is that just out of the jurisdiction? I'm not sure. um, I'd, I'd have to to look more at it and specifically it just came out yesterday. So it's I mean, yeah, I've got to look into it some more. But I mean. The, it's the same playbook that we see is when you see a stall out, you know, at the federal level, you know, the other side goes down to the state levels. Mm-hmm. If it's not working at the state levels, then they then they go to the courts. Um, so you're seeing a whole rash of things obviously happening at the state level now with a super divided federal government. Yeah. And there was Biden this week at the uh, State of the Union address, again, doubling down on ARs. But the thing is, is he doesn't have the legs to do it. He doesn't have the votes to do it. It's not going to happen. No. It's uh, messaging. He's um, running for re-election. So we're going to have a vegetable for two terms as our president. I don't know if he gets another term. (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think they can run him or Kamala. She's so terrible. When she opens her mouth, it's just blah diarrhea. And everyone knows it. What are you saying? Yeah. Uh, They need to hide her. Um, Yeah. Sad. I mean, I saw this clip of Biden this week. It was, it took him like, a minute to put on his jacket. He was getting off a helicopter and then he's like trying to get it on. And he can't. And so Jill who likes to kiss Kamala's husband has to walk yeah. over there and on the lips, by the way, that was, too, that, that was, was weird. I, I, my closest personal friends, I don't kiss their, I don't kiss their wives on the cheek, really much <laughs> less the lips. That was so weird. I don't even know what's how, ah, it was just <laughs> odd, dude, <laughs> but there was, Joe, he couldn't even get his jacket on. Jill has to help him get his jacket on. I mean, Joe, what a mess that guy is. Um, as far as Alaska, this was something I saw in, I think, the uh, newsletter that you just released. 
the big lie about hunting in national park reserves. This reeks of Deb Howland, who, um, you know, is wouldn't commit to no net loss hunting. And we've seen Alaska be victimized by that. We've lost yep. huge swaths of land for caribou and moose hunting. Um, what what is going and and you can just go into as much detail as you want here. But what's going on there as far as this article? I believe it was written by Ted. What was the guy's name? Spraker. Spraker. Yeah. yeah, he's the man. Yeah, president of our chapter, one of our chapters out there. Um, and I think he really laid it out well. You know, I encourage everyone to to read Ted's piece on it. Um, this issue goes back before you know Holland was even in in federal politics. Um, under Obama, the National Park Service put this rule through at the very end of the of, of Obama's presidency, mm-hmm. um, where it would shut down, you know, hunting in Kenai National uh, Preserve. Uh, we were able, you know, after um, Trump took office to peel it out, um, since it was it was pa- put in as a rule so late in the in his presidency, had a window where we were able to have a vote. Um, to repeal it and Trump signed it. So that was a big win. But of course, these bad zombies, you know, rise again. So this, you know, Biden National Park Service has put the same rule back up. Um, And obviously, as you saw from Ted and most every Alaskan, um, you know, that's from there um, opposes it. You know, it's in the rulemaking process now. Um, Governor Dunleavy, who's obviously a strong champion, just new, recently reelected, um, he sent multiple letters to Park Service asking for consultation and clarity. Now he's asking for an extension on the comment period um, so it can get can be sorted out. He's awesome, by the way. I ran into him yeah. in Vegas at the show last year, yep. and he just sat immediately just sat down and recorded a an interview. Like, oh, that's awesome! Then. Yeah, that's great. Guy. Also. Um, a giant for it again this year too because he um uh, he's coming he's back yeah he's a big guy yeah he's, he's the he tallest governor an elk, you know tallest governor in the country i'm yeah. sure yeah but yeah um, he'll be back he'll be back at our convention this year too which we're excited for of course and uh so some of the other things like that are a part of this false narrative this lie by the national park service uh elimination of trapping by non-rural residents so like I mean, there's lots of guys that trap wolves in Alaska. And so this would eliminate the take of wolves uh, for sure. And, uh, oh, uh, no shooting caribou from a boat. I don't, I mean, that seems like a pretty common practice for uh, some of the, the native tribes up there. It is. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not aimed at just the subsistence or the non-subsistence no. no 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 it's just across the board yeah they're trying to redefine the term sport hunter yeah um yeah so okay so that's what's going on there uh i don't know so seems like governor dunleavy's on top of that as well as you're keeping your finger on the pulse of that situation but uh you know Hardly surprising with her track record as Secretary of Interior. Yeah, it's kind of what we've come to to expect. You know, obviously, it still remains great concerns over there with with folks um, meddling with you know our hunting heritage um, that are at Interior right now that just don't understand it, um, don't really care to. I mean, personnel is policy. You know, it makes a difference. When I worked at Interior, say all the folks you know that were political appointees there. 
you know, had experience hunting and or fishing. Um, that's not the case now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a constant, constant battle, um, to be able to get our message across. So what else, is there anything, um, anything else that you wanted to hit on today that we needed to discuss? Those yeah, are the I mean, two big ones that I had. No, I mean, everything's, you know, on the front burner right now. It's like a lot of the pieces have been put in place with like new Congress coming in, the new legislative sessions opening up. Um, so there's a lot of moving pieces right now, but a lot of good movement too. You know, we actually had, uh, we're able to, to break through to the federal assistance board, you know, like you'd mentioned these large swaths of land that they've shut down, you know, it's a bureaucratic board, eight, eight bureaucrats, mm-hmm. unelected officials making these decisions on how our public lands are used. Uh, very concerning. Uh, but they had three proposals to shut down deer hunting um, on three different units. And we really turned on our grassroots and they really uh, drove in comments over a two day period, three day period um, before the, before the meeting took place. And, you know, just about every single comment that came through, came through our, our grassroots um, system uh, with folks opposing uh, from across the United States, because it's public lands, it's everybody's, mm-hmm. you know, um, they ended up voting down the three proposals to, to close the season on deer. So that was a, a big win and a big breakthrough there. So something for all hunters to celebrate. Um, even if you haven't been to Alaska, you know, I'm sure you've got in the back of your mind that you want to get there. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Montana, it was cool too on our, you know, with our advocates um, in Montana, there was a, a proposed bill um, for a constitutional amendment to hunt and fish. Surprised that Montana doesn't have that yet, but they don't. Right. Uh, needs to be on the ballot. Um, in order to do that, you know, bill needs to be introduced and voted on. But in Montana, um, for the bill to be introduced, because there's so many different like ideas for constitutional amendments, all sorts of wacky ideas. So to kind of narrow down that list, um, it has to have co-sponsors on it. So we engaged with a bunch of our our members and advocates in Montana um, and ended up getting, you know, 98 co-sponsors on that bill. Um, like Ryan, Ryan Bussey, like one of our. Uh... <laughs> yeah. I don't think he signed it. I don't know. He just sat this one out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh boy, he's the he's the he's on that uh on the interiors federal advisory council for hunting and fishing. So that's yeah. That, that so if that, again, that tells you all calls. you need to know about Deb and uh, the people that they like to appoint, like the most anti-gun individual that I know that was once like uh and he wrote still a book, wrote a book on it. Makes money off of being anti-gun. I mean, he's and professional anti-gun to be a, a hunter and a conservationist, like. Yeah. Well, hey, buddy, what funds conservation? Uh, oh, uh, maybe Pittman Robertson dollars? I don't know. Just That's so bullets wacky. and guns. No yeah. Yeah. But needless to say, Bill's introduced. Um, waiting to see when it gets heard. So another big win from our strong members in, in Montana. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good, good things happening, you know. Um, but the threats are real. You know, we're in a good position. Love the team that we have across the board, you know, lobbying in DC, covering all the states, got folks now, you know, really stood up in, in Europe, um, where a lot of these bad ideas start out, like you're saying about, you know, watching what Canada does, you know, people watch what Europe does too. So I mm-hmm. have to have eyes and ears in all corners, all, all hallways, you know, of influence. So. Absolutely. Uh, one other thing that comes to mind, there's been talk of, and this was surprising that the Biden administration even put this out there, but possibly delisting the grizzly bear. 
it'll probably just get locked up in court again if they do it. And yeah, you know, we'll we'll have hunting seasons proposed, and then we'll probably even have a draw like we did in Wyoming seven eight years ago, and then some circuit court judge will shut the whole thing down. Yeah, it's kind of another don't hold your breath. I mean, it's the mm. 50th anniversary of the Endangered Species Act. I'm just hoping that this Congress, working with this Congress, to try to address you know the ESA and how it's been weaponized. I yep. mean, it's Hotel California. You can check in anytime you want, but you can never leave. Very right. easy to get listed on it, but impossible to get off of it. That's just not what it was set up for. Um, so unfortunately, yeah, like we 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 saw those delisting proposals, but kind of have seen the script before, you know, mm-hmm. and, and how it gets jammed up in court. So, so it's just a little grandstanding then. It's well, I think it also is testament to scientific authority. You know, they're like, yeah, we're seeing these population segments as recovered. Um, let's delist them. Um, but that doesn't really weigh in with money making anti hunting groups that, you know, thrive and live off of uh, litigation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, my friend, great stuff as always. Appreciate everything that you were doing, uh, keeping us informed. If it, so, I get the the newsletter that you put out, I think every two weeks, right? So we've got, yeah, Sometimes we've got our bi, we got our bi-weekly and then we've got our weekly. So the uh-huh. weekly is all advocacy all the time. The bi-weekly yeah. is the whole of SCI and what's going on. And so how can folks receive those? Uh, you got to go to our website. Um, we've got it set up now where you're able to, uh, to just see all of the, the different uh, weeklies and bi-weeklies that are, that, that go out um, under advocacy. So Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I will see you in Nashville coming up here very soon. Looking forward to it. Same here. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Well, Ben, thanks for the time, man. Look forward to seeing you soon. Awesome. Appreciate it, man. Take care. See you. So there he goes. SCI's Ben Cassidy. Uh, We'll see Ben as well as hopefully many of you guys and gals out at SCI's convention in Nashville this coming week. Uh, That's going to wrap it up for Campfire Conversations, episode 34. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith. You guys have a great week in the outdoors. Family's been torn apart. Doesn't have.